Welcome back to Jay Tenantees. I'm your host, Jay Suave. And I'm Jay Reese. And we're back with another week. If you tuned in last week, I want to say thank you if you're here again. Thank you again for tuning in. We're going to get straight into it. And yesterday we had a lot of great games in the NFL. Let's just get right into the recap of Sunday's games. I'll start with you, Jerry. What was your favorite games this past week? Um, first off, let me say, you know, them Eagles, baby. Oh you already goodness. know where we at, oh how we coming. Oh, my goodness. You know, people were sleeping on us because we only scored 10 points at the half. We were down by seven. But, you know, we still ended up scoring 40 points on them boys. A.J. Brown, history maker. Jalen Hurts, you know, great game. Didn't turn the ball over. Well, I guess he did on a, on a brotherly shove. See, it's not impossible. I told y'all. It's not impossible to stop it. Just hope you get a bad snap like that happened um, this week. But that was the first game I want to talk about. The um, other game I want to talk about, the Broncos upset the Chiefs. You know, a lot of people are going to be surprised about that, but I'm not going to lie, I'm not that surprised because the Broncos um, barely lost the first round two weeks ago. So um, this week, Russell Wilson had three touchdowns. He only had 114 yards, but he saw a really good performance with those three touchdowns. They also had a great rushing attack. Patrick Mahomes had 241 yards. Zero touchdowns and two interceptions. But um, even though he did not see the end zone, Travis Kelsey also had a great game. He had like 50-something receiving yards. Pacheco only had 40 yards, but he had five um, yards per carry. But he only had eight carries. So I think definitely, especially with Patrick Mahomes feeling under the weather that game, we should have relied heavily on that run game, even with, um, with Pacheco. Averaging the five yards um, a carry, I think if he would, they would have implemented a run game early on in the game, they would have um, led to it would have led to greater success. Same thing with the Eagles. The Eagles had three carries for running backs in the first half, but that was the previous game I talked about. Um, but yeah, that was a really great game. Um, another thing I want to talk about is the Panthers' win against the um, Texans. You know, I said last week, I said I expected Texans to go out there and blow them out the water, but I won't be surprised if the Panthers do manage to get this win. I told you. And you know what? I was not surprised when the Panthers won. At the end of the game, I was hoping for the Panthers to win. But I'm not going to say too much about the game because I want you to get into it because I know you're excited about that. Those are your boys' first win. So I'm going to let you go ahead and say something about that. Yeah, I'll I'll get into it, but I do want to touch on the games that you had. You said Philly and the Commanders. And I feel like that might be one of the last draws for Ron Rivera. Because 100%. most definitely them being up by that big, them having a fantastic game, Philly with only 10 points at the half, they're just, they just keep holding out. And it's always the commanders that mm-hmm. look like they have your number every time. Those so are always a tough, that's always a tough matchup for us. It's, it's always a tough matchup. And you have A.J. Brown killing Emmanuel Forbes every mm-hmm. week. And I don't even know, I don't even know why Slay wasn't even guarding Terry McLaurin whenever he scored on mm-hmm. that that one play where, where Terry McLaurin is just an athlete. But I mean, it was a crazy game. I wasn't expecting y'all to come back and win that game, but obviously everybody. I was. <laughs> I, was. I mean, you you gotta be your fan, but I mean, you just gotta lock in with that. But also, let me give a um, great shout out to Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell because them boys tore us up on the defensive side of the ball. That offense was going crazy. They had like 400 passing yards and until the end of the game. You know, in the fourth quarter, you know, because Sam Howell is still a really young quarterback in his first year starting. So you know, you would expect him to make um, some mistakes in the clutch. Mm-hmm. But um, before that, you know, before he had to really rely on you know pushing the, da- the ball downfield and rely on, you know, um, getting the ball in the end zone to clutch up for his team. 
he was playing really well all game. So a shout out to him. You know, he was giving making me really upset because against everybody else, he was Tim Tebow on the Patriots. But you know, against us, he wants to be Tom Brady, throwing for 400, 350. You know, incredible games. But you know, shout out to them. Yeah, it, even touch on the Chiefs game too. We talked about Travis Kelsey. He he didn't really have an ideal second half. I know mm-hmm. he ended up with fifty eight yards, but in the first half he had five receptions for fifty one. Yeah. So the second half ended up getting one reception for seven yards, and I only know that because he's on my fantasy. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of mad about that. I ended up losing this week, which sucks. <laughs> but I mean, it it is what it is. But just overall, good win for the Broncos. I mean, they haven't beat the Chiefs in eight years mm-hmm. since Peyton Manning was there, which is a pretty big deal for them. I mean. It's just been – I hope it's been a good weekend for Broncos fans. I know they're pretty happy about Russ. I know they're pretty happy about that defense they played. But, I mean, I don't even know if Nick – Nick Bolton's still out. He's going to be out yeah, for a couple be, months. Because huh? he's on IR. Yeah. So, most definitely, that, that was a pretty big loss for that defense, I'll say. But I don't want to take anything away from that. I don't want to take anything away from that Broncos team that just won this week. Mm-hmm. And even to talk about the Panthers, you got C.J. Stroud – you got Bryce Young, best friend since grade school, and they just went out there. They went out there and competed like they should. And Bryce Young, twenty-two for thirty-one, two hundred thirty-five yards and a touchdown. And I'm pretty sure his QBR was about one thirty point one. And overall, just, just I won't say like an amazing game, but overall, just a solid game by Bryce. And it was enough to win. I mean, if you can win with. 15 points on the board, mm-hmm. <laughs> you better take it because you got guys on the defense. You got Frankie Luvu with 12 tackles. I think he had a fumble recovery. Pretty sure Brian Brent had a couple sacks there. I don't even think Brian Brent was supposed to end up playing that game, but then he ended, up, he ended up playing the game. And last week I was talking about if they might go out there and beat the Texans, and I wouldn't even be surprised. Mm-hmm. And it's just because – that just as Panthers team, if there was anyone that they could have beat after being 0-6, it would have been the Texans. Mm-hmm. And then shout out to y'all defense. You know, CJ Stroud's having a great year. You know, he's looking like the runaway rookie of the offensive rookie of the year. And y'all defense only hold him to, held him 16 out of 24 completion um, completions. And he only had 140 yards with zero touchdowns. Like, that's great. The one touchdown was that run, that one rushing touchdown By on the, the fullback, yeah. yeah, on the one yard line. So, like, you know, those are pretty much um, more or less automatic. So, um, being able to hold the offensive rookie of the year to only 140 passing guards, you know, it's a great thing for you since because no one really, you know, ha- had his number like that all year, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most definitely. And the defense, bro, just really impacted shots accuracy with just a number of batted balls, mm-hmm. swats, and swats and sacks. So, and there's one of like a, it's a really big confidence boost for Carolina too. I mean. They don't have the best stretch coming up, <laughs> but they're, they're going to get some divisional games in there. They're going to play the Cowboys, not this week, but I think it's in like two weeks. But Houston is the type of team that makes you beat them. They don't make a lot of mistakes. So whenever you make that team make mistakes and whenever Carolina isn't beating themselves, whenever you don't beat yourself, you play differently. Right, one more thing I want to talk about because um, we do went ahead and said some of the NBA games that happened this past week. Um, I want to talk about injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. The league has been raved by injuries the past week, especially at the quarterback position. Kirk Cousins, unfortunately, is out with an um, Achilles tear. Kenny Pickett is out with a rib injury. Matt Stafford is out with a thumb injury. Tara Taylor um, was released from the hospital a couple hours ago, 
with an with a rib injury. Brock Purdy looked like at the end of his at the end of the game, you know, he was coming off a of concussion protocol. Looked like he banged up his neck or banged up his head. He was holding his head at yeah. the end of the game after a late sack. And Jalen Hurts has had a knee injury over the last couple games, and um, he was in the training room an hour after the game, you know, getting his knee looked at um, before going to the pressers. So you know, I don't know what it is this season, but. Injuries have really been hitting these quarterbacks, and not just these quarterbacks, but the whole league, really hard. Yeah, I mean, it, I won't say this is like the only year where it's been bad, because it was bad. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was COVID year or yeah, the that year, year after. Was really bad, especially on the Eagles. Like, there yeah. was like 20 people that were hurt on the Eagles start, like Eagles starters. Yeah, and then it was either last year or the year before where the Broncos had, like, mm-hmm. 24 guys on IR. So, I I don't I mean, like, I won't say it's expected, which it's not, but it's also, like, you can't count stuff like that out. I mean, it, it happens. It's a game. And hopefully, uh, it's just you, you just don't hope for it to happen, at least. I mean, it, it just sucks to see guys go out like that, especially whenever they're a key centerpiece to their team. You got guys like Brock Purdy. You got guys like Kirk Cousins and Kenny Pickett. You know the playbook in and out. And then you got to get a new guy in there, which doesn't usually work well. We've seen some guys that has worked well. But sometimes it just kind of brings the morale down with the team. Right, let's go ahead, um, before we get into our first topic, let's go ahead and talk about some of those NBA games from the first week. I'm going to let you start this one off. So I was actually <clears throat> I was actually kind of surprised with the Celtics start being 2-0. And that's mainly like like I, I know I'm a Tatum fan, but whenever the Celtics go out and play the Knicks, mm-hmm. I always feel like the Knicks always have their number. But I mean, Tatum went out there, had 38 points, pretty sure. And this is in the Garden, by the way. So they they go out there, 38 points. Chris Stapps, great pickup this offseason. Mm-hmm. Debut with the Celtics, he had 30 points and eight rebounds, and. That that's what we need, and he had a couple blocks on the defensive side too. And losing a guy like Robert Williams, you just got to have a guy that can replace him on that type of side on the defense. And Robert Williams is not as talented as Chris Stapps offensively. So whenever you have a guy who can do basically the same thing and more on that offense and able to contribute 30 points, I mean, the second game he just had 17 points but contributed nine rebounds to the team. So I think that was a great pickup. Even with the Celtics, just I feel like this team really even has a chance to have every starter on this team get an All Defensive Award this year, mm-hmm. and that can be first team, second team, or third team. You got Derek White, Jalen Brown, you got Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, Tatum, and Chris Stapps. That yeah. that's a solid defensive team right there. So then then you even got the Nuggets starting off three and zero. And, I mean, hey, man, Jokic looking like the season veteran he is. Just this last night, 28 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. And his 103rd game, recording at least 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists since 2020. And that's the most in the NBA. How do you feel about that, Jane? Yeah, man. Um, I was hoping that the Nuggets, you know, would cool off a little bit. Yeah. You know, especially after they did us in the finals. But, you know, that that is a great team. Jokic is the best center in the NBA right now. And, like, he's showing it to y'all again and again. You know, he can do whatever he wants. He can go score if he wants. He can go pass the ball if he wants. He might not be the greatest defender um, out of all the centers in the league. 
but you know um, he's still a you know big body presence in the paint. So he and he can guard when he needs to. But you know just what he brings to the offensive side of the ball is just incredible. And without with him um, on that Nuggets team, you know they're going to make another deep run into the playoffs, probably another Eastern Conference Finals. And you know given whoever they're going against in that um, series, a run for their money. You know. And I also wanted to talk about the Celtics, but, you know, you hit everything on the head pretty much that I wanted to say. You know, Tatum and Porzingis, they ate in game one, you know. Mm-hmm. And Derek Brown and Jalen Brown both ate in game two, you know. I Derek did, White, yeah. Derek White, that's what I meant, my bad. You know, Derek White, um, I was I was scared once I saw he went bald. Because whenever, whenever people go bald in the um, NBA, they always have another chip on their shoulder because, you know, they lost all their hair. <laughs> they they, they got to play for something. Yeah, they have to play for something. It was about time, you know, that headband wasn't working. He took it off post game, and he had his head was like eighty percent forehead, twenty percent hair. So it was time mm-hmm. to let it go. But um, the Heat, you know, my team starting off kind of slow, one and two. Jimmy start had a good um, first game, but then he had a slow second game, and they had him load managing game three of the NBA season, which is crazy. Which is, uh, they said he hasn't played a game against the Nuggets in um, four games, with like out of their last four games, which is crazy because you know that's Jimmy freaking Butler. You want to you want him on the court when he can. Yeah. You know Bam. I'm really high on Bam as always. You know he's looking like um, a top five uh, center in the league to me. Probably at that five or four or five. You know he's probably not. He's definitely not one through three, but I think he's he has a good argument to be you know four or five in the league. You know, what he brings defensively, and he's found his, you know, rhythm on offense these first three games, which is what I wanted to see him bring to the table last year in the playoffs and um, at the end of the season. So looking that he's more comfortable with his offensive um, bag this year than he was last year is really great. Tyler Rowe is stepping up offensively and defensively. You know, um, one of the knocks on Tyler Rowe was his defensive um, ability, and, you know, his prowess on the ball. And Tyler Harrow has played, you know, really good these first few games. First game, he started off a little slow with his shooting, you know. It's the um, first game. Yeah, that's the first game, blame. Yeah, you can't be mad. But um, the second and third game, you know, he really picked it up. You know, what I can be mad about, you know, is Kyle Lowry in the first game starting slow. He went, he had zero points in the first game. He shot one basket, and he missed that one basket. He had two, only two assists and four fouls. Bro was just on the court. Looking thick for thirty minutes, you know, pause. But you know, you you know the memes. You know the y'all all seen the um, Kyle Lowry in the um, jean shorts meme. Mm-hmm. So you already know what people call him. Um, Jaime Hawkins has looked pretty good off the bench with limited minutes. You know, looking like a really good pickup in the first round for the Miami Heat. And Thomas Bryant, which um, I was really fond of. You know, when he was on the Lakers. You know, I thought I think it's funny how you see LeBron scoring that. That um record that record breaking point against the um was it which team was it was it the Nuggets or was yes it? yeah and then you just see in the um in the distance you see Thomas Bryant in the post holding his hand up calling for the ball like come on dog this is LeBron like bro everybody is on their feet right now uh-huh. why are you even in the post? <laughs> I'm saying like <laughs> but um he's he's been a really good backup these first three games for Bam you know which is really great since you know before him we had Dwayne Dedman and Cody Zeller who were, you know, both not very good. You know, we have Omar Yurt 7, you know, uh, what's it called? And he's just he's just there. I don't even know if he's there anymore, but he was just there. He just be getting cardio. Exactly. I don't even think he'd be seeing the court at that much, you know. Um, so that's another team I wanted, um, I wanted to touch on that briefly, you know. And then um, let's go ahead and get into our first topic. You know, let's get, you know, the first week of the NBA season has wrapped up. What do you think? 
are your finals predictions this early in the season? I know it's way too early, but I'm just curious to see who, what teams you have potentially making the um, NBA Finals this year. So I know we just touched on the Denver Nuggets, but we even talked about this either last week or the week before. I am still very high on the Phoenix Suns. Hmm. And you can even see it whenever they ended up playing the Lakers. They did not have Bradley Beal or they didn't have Devin Booker. They were still able to win that game no, by... They lost. They Oh, yeah, they lost. Yeah. But what's it called? Kevin Durant ended up having 39 points, and Brown only had 22. You got guys like Josh Okoge on the defensive end, guarding guys like LeBron, guarding guys like Steph Curry, and holding them to four for nine shots combined. So just with guys like that who can actually play defense against the best players in the world... And just being able to do that, the team has so much depth. I feel like they're really going to make a run for it if they can stay healthy, especially if you're able to get Bradley Beal back and Devin Booker back. I mean, they're going to get him back, obviously. It's game three. Mm -hmm. But if they're able to stay healthy whenever that time comes, they'll definitely get there. And then the Eastern Conference, you know I got to rock with the Celtics, bro. Yeah. So I'm going to go with them. I mean, y'all know how high I am on them, so – just Tatum, hopefully Jalen Brown can dribble with his left hand mm-hmm. in the playoffs because they people will try to exploit that. And I promise you, if it's another Boston Celtic and Miami Heat Eastern Conference Finals, I'm going to crash out. Man, I love those games. I love I love that competitiveness it brings, not to the teams, but to us, to you and me personally. Yes, like, we, we won't even want to talk to each other whenever we lose. Man, we'd be trash talking the whole time. What, what, did I see Game 7 at your house? Or was it? Yeah, that we we were at my house watching Game Seven and mm-hmm. Tatum rolling his ankle on the second play of the game, and it was over since then. Bro. Yeah, you got guys like what's it called, Caleb Martin shooting eight for eight from the three. Yeah. Like, what even is this? Gabe Vincent going off. And, but and speaking of Gabe Vincent, he's had like. Six points, two points, mm-hmm. and four points in his first three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely been struggling. And, like, during the heat, he's just getting all the buckets in the world against Boston. Mm-hmm. I'll never hey, understand. Coach Spo knows what to do with those um, role players, you know. But, um, you know, two teams that I wanted, that I had, you know, that could make the finals, definitely the Nuggets. You already, like, I can't count out the Nuggets. I can't count out um, Jokic and them, especially if they stay healthy. The only thing that um, would cause them, like, to not make a run for the finals is if some one of the two main players gets injured, which I hope doesn't happen. So, you know, as long as they're healthy, you know, they're rolling to the finals. Not It's not might be an easy road, but, you know, they're making a strong push. And the Celtics, obviously, you know, they're looking great to start the season off. Um, it all depends on if they're able to maintain it, but I'm pretty sure they'll be able to maintain it. You know, um, the Lakers, you know, they're one and two right now. I have them looking good. First thing I want to say, you know, it's freaking LeBron James. You're 21. I don't care what you say. It's the goat. I don't, not my goat. It's the goat. I don't care what you say. Shannon Sharp agrees with me. You know, Shannon Sharp knows what he's talking about because LeBron is him. But um, to be even more specific, they've had two losses. The losses have been pretty close, right? The Nuggets, um, it was by like 12 points. But, you know, they. Um, I thought it was really manageable. They could have came back, you know, in the fourth or whatnot. But, you know, um, Anthony Davis did not show up that game. You know, he's had 17 points in the first half. And then he just didn't score a single single bucket in the second um, half of the game. Yeah. And then the Kings, they lost to Malik Monk going crazy in overtime. And then, you know, um, which was really close, you know what I'm saying? They went into overtime. So, and they only lost by like five points in overtime, you know. 
Um, and, but those last two games, Anthony Davis really picked it up. You know, so LeBron doesn't have to do as much. Like I said before, he is in year 21. You shouldn't expect this um, 38, 39-year-old player to be your best player on the team. So when he's your best player on the team, you know, um, at that age, you know, you're going to – he's going to – he's not going to perform as great as he has his previous years. But, you know, LeBron's still giving you 20 points, you know, having um, – I, I wouldn't want to say down here because it's only like three games in. Yeah. But he's not having – you know, um, he's tw- 39 years old and he's still averaging 20 points a game. At 39 years old, you should not be the best player on your team. Exactly. So, but, but um, also Austin Reeves, he's been hyped up all offseason. Like I didn't think he was gonna be that third, you know, option on the team to be, you know, like the big three, like they were promoting it to be. Mm-hmm. They were like hyping it up way too much. But you know, he is underperforming. Like he, he got all that hype. He did, did all that talking, you know, and he hasn't played great these first three games, and he just needs to step up a little bit. The um, role players have been playing pretty decent and pretty good. Um, obviously, Gabe um, Vincent, I'd like to see him do a little bit more, you know, be better. Because, you know, I've seen what he could do in Miami. And you see, you know, but you also have role players like, um, I, don't, I didn't see if if um, Max Schuess had a great game two and three with the Cavaliers. But I know he had that really great first game with the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. So, um, just, um, he's able to, you know, stay consistent with his play that he had last year. I just hope for that. Um, Gabe Vincent kind of finds his rhythm over there in L.A. and finds his um, rhythm. And that's another team I think could make a run at the play, uh, finals. And do you have anything to say before I say my last team? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's another team you can never really count out whenever it comes to the NBA finals, mm-hmm. which is the dynasty, the Golden State oh, Warriors. Yeah. So, I mean, they lost the opener at home, mm-hmm. but they ended up winning the next two, on. I'm pretty sure, on the road. And last year they lost their first eight games on the road and still ended up making the playoffs. Made it to first round. Ended up losing in seven, but it was all good. I mean, they won. They won the first round. Was it? Yeah, they won in the first round against Sacramento and they lost the Lakers in round two. Yes, my bad. So they ended up beating Sacramento first round, lost the Lakers in the second round. But Draymond is finally back after missing two games. I mean, you got Chris Paul coming off the bench, which is crazy. He hasn't done it in so long. It's been. 1,366 games since he's mm-hmm. came off the bench. And even like you said, you don't need a 38, 39-year-old player being your best player, mm-hmm. which is why he's not, and he's coming off the bench. But being a caliber player like Chris Paul, I'm not going to say I'm too high on him, mm-hmm. but he's definitely one of the guys that can get it done. Yeah. So. And then also, I want I just want to say this while we're on the topic of the Warriors. I know y'all seen what Steph Curry did to Dylan Brooks. Yeah, that he made was my crazy. day and made my day. I hate <laughs> Dylan Brooks with a passion. He poked, he poked my bear. He poked LeBron, and then seeing him get it, getting done dirty. Like Steph ain't have to do all that. Steph crossed him once. He could have drove to the paint, got an easy floater. He said, Nah, he went it back. He got a Dylan Brooks get back, <laughs> crossed him again. You know, could have took a easy, you know, pull up three. He said, nah, let me wait till he comes back. Pump fake. Dylan Brooks is in the air, you know, high-fiving, high-fiving, waving the at the stands, you know. He made him look like a fool, bro. Dylan Brooks said he wants to be a villain this um, year. You know, Dylan Brooks, you're not nothing, bro. But, I mean, he just he just says some crazy stuff, especially mm-hmm. whenever he's talking about Wimby. He was like, he's just tall. That's it. Like, Wimby is definitely one of them ones. But um, Yeah, Dylan Brooks <clears throat> just be talking to talk. But um, the last team I want to talk about is is the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, 
They got the guy that we wanted desperately over there in Miami. He, they got Dame. And, you know, he had a great game one. He had, like, 50 points, if I'm not mistaken, 51 in his debut. Or maybe, am I wrong? He had 39 points in his debut. Uh, who got 51 in their debut? Am I thinking about a different person? May, maybe. Person. I think the I think the highest point someone scored was Donovan Mitchell. But I think he only mm-hmm. had, like, 43. Okay. I'll probably think about something else then. But Dame had a really good first game. You know, he didn't have such a great second game. But, you know, I think they're still, you know, trying to get get it all figured out because, you know, Dame was traded pretty late in the offseason. So they're still trying to find their rhythm together. But once they get their rhythm together, you know, I think they're making a run at it. You know, you don't get a person like Dame freaking dollar yeah. and expect not to go to the finals, you know, especially with someone like Giannis who is arguably the best player in the league. Probably not because, you know, you have Jokic. But, you know, a couple years ago, you know, Giannis was um, arguably the best player in the league. And then just that pick-and-roll dynamic that they're going to have eventually, you know, with Dame at the top of the key, be able to shoot the three. So if you guard Dame, you know, you're going to leave Giannis open for the dunk. And Giannis, you know, well, you know what he does in the paint. Giannis can do it by himself. So um, that's going to be interesting to see what, by the time the playoffs come around. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The guy that you were talking about getting 51 points, I'm pretty sure it was Luka. Ah, oh, goodness. Um, I, I know our Dallas people will like that a little bit. He's averaging 41 points, 11 and a half rebounds, and Eight and a half assist off three games, but he he's been doing this man. He he's always been him. I know some people kind of like to say he's overrated, but whenever he's healthy, whenever he's able to get on the court, and especially with Kyrie here this year, I, I, I don't. I think Kyrie is going to be questionable tonight, but most definitely, Luca's just like I can't even explain it for real. Like he's yeah. just handling the ball, but you can't take it from him, and he'll just shoot it in your face. And then just splash it, pause, oh my goodness. <laughs> but, I mean, just one of the best in the league. I mean, you got Cam Thomas mm-hmm. in, in his era right now. You remember him last year where he yeah. had like four or five games straight yeah, getting 40 points. I don't know what points. Brooklyn's doing, you know. They're talking about putting him back on the bench like because his defense is a problem, which this dude's averaging 30 points this year, bro. If you don't get him out there getting him minutes so he can – because he needs more minutes because he is one of the best – which is crazy to say, like, right now. But I think right now he's one of the best scorers in the league, averaging 30 points. He scored 30 points off the bench. Then he scored 30 points in a close game um, that other day. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think, you know, he needs his time to shine. His um, They need to give him an opportunity. And also, going back to Luka, you know, I was a Luka hater. I'm not going to lie. And it made me mad because he was just good. And I was just hating on how good he was. But, you know, Luka is an incredible basketball player. And you saw what he did, um, was it a couple nights ago, when he had that crazy, was it a game winner or was it the to ice the game? I think it was, I, I don't think it was a game winner. I think it was just the, um, to ice it. Just to ice it. But, like, he shot this crazy, it was like a, it, was, it wasn't like a floater, it was like a. It was, a, it was off the glass, yeah. too. It was, it was just a crazy shot he made yeah. in the three. He's a circus animal, mm-hmm. bro. But j- just guys like that, I mean. Luca, one of the best players in the league. So, just to move on from that, we're going to get into our top five receivers this week in the NFL season. It's going to be a big current. I'm going to go ahead and start with Jay Reese we have here. And I, I feel like I already know who you have at your top one because I know you're a Philly fan. Just go ahead and spew it out for me. All right. Since you said it already, you know, A.J. freaking Brown. That's a grown-ass <laughs> man. All right. That dude is swole Batman for a reason, guys. You know, he just broke Calvin, rec- Calvin Johnson's record for most consecutive games with 125 receiving yards. And, you know, he's on pace to get 2,000 yards. You know, there's another receiver in the league that's on pace to get over 2,000 yards. 
But, you know, with A.J. Brown, he has 939 receiving yards, 60 receptions, and five touchdowns. And after not having that many, I don't think he had, like, any yards in week one. Think about that. He had no yards in week one because we have such a dynamic group of wide receivers over there in Philly. We have Devontae Smith also, Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins. You know, he's not having a great year, but like, I'll, never, I'll be joking about him. not mention Quez again. But, you know, <laughs> Quez has that breakaway speed. We have Julio who scored his first touchdowns. I know his knees were hurting because he's, like, 82 years old. But um, he scored a touchdown last week. But A.J. Brown is looking incredible, man. He's looking really like his idol, you know, Julio Jones, yeah. you know, with what he's doing over there in Philadelphia. And, you know, I'm excited to see how far he keeps that 125 receiving yard streak going on. And I'm just excited every time he goes on the field, you know, because whoever he's going against, he's just bullying them, man. He, he's a great route runner. He has incredible strength for a wide receiver because once he gets the ball in the open field, he has great run after catch because he's like a running back, right? He's going to run you over. He can juke you out. Whenever he runs, he looks like he's running in slow motion, but he's going so fast, so it's crazy. He looks so controlled running the ball, too. Exactly. Um, number two, uh, you know, it's really it, – this could go one or two. So, But I had to say A.J. Brown because he's my boy at one. So number two is going to be Tyreek Hill, right? He's the fastest wide receiver in NFL history to get 1,000 yards, and he's the fastest wide receiver in the NFL, period. That man has incredible speed. He has 1,014 yards on 61 receptions and eight freaking touchdowns, bro. Like, that's crazy. You know, Mike McDaniels really opened up his ability to um, get open in space. You know, he was getting doing that in Kansas City. But, you know, what he's been able to do in the um, Miami offense is just freaking incredible, man. He has great speed, like I said. He has that includes his great agility that he has when he's in open space. Like, if you have one him one-on-one -on -one in coverage, you better, you know, get some ice packs for your ankles because yeah. he's getting you going. And he has also, you know, great route running, which he I don't think he really had when he was in Kansas City. I thought, you know, he was just fast in Kansas City. But I think, especially in Miami, he's definitely developed his route running skills even better. So now he's one of those premier route runners in the league. Um, number three, I have Jamar Chase. He's kind of the, He kind of has the best of both worlds right now from A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill. You know, he's fast and he's strong. You know, um, like he said in, was it, week three or whatever? Excuse my language, but he's always fucking open, man. And he is, man, whenever he's running the routes. Because right after he said that, they won, went on a mean win streak. Mm -hmm. And that dude can do everything. He can run routes. He'll go over there and moss you. I know people were downing him in early when he was drafted because in the preseason he had a bunch of drops. And he went out there and won. Um, he won the offensive rookie of the year, am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he had an incredible rookie year, and he's just having an incredible year again this year. He has 60 receptions, four touchdowns, 656 yards. Like, he's just a great player all around, man. Number four, I have Stefan Diggs. You know, Stefan Diggs, you know, he's having a really great year, and I feel like it's not talked about enough. You know, he's always a top five receiver of the year, but he's always in the lower five. But I think a couple of years ago, you know, he was definitely, when he was first traded over to Buffalo, he was definitely a top three receiver Most in his league, definitely. probably number two, probably not better than Devontae Smith. I'm mean, not Devontae Smith, Devontae Adams. But, you know, he was definitely a really good number um, number two in the NFL at the wide receiver position. But, you know, he's ha he's one of the best, if not the best, wide runner in the league. You know, he has incredible quickness off the ball. Um, I know you saw that one play a couple weeks ago when he caught that ball. He looked like he was tackled because he, he got hit by two people, spun out of that tackle, ran it all the way down the sideline for a yes. touchdown. Like, incredible balance. You know, one of my favorite plays that I keep bringing up to my boy Adam, who's a Saints fan, is when he was back in Minnesota. He had that, the um, was it the it was called the Miracle in Minneapolis? The Minneapolis Miracle, yeah. He jumped over, um, what was it, Marcus Williams, 
and then right all the way to the touchdown, iconic, threw off his helmet in the stands, tears down his face, arms spread out, you know, incredible wide receiver. He has 748 yards on 64 receptions and six touchdowns. And Stephon Diggs is one of my favorite um, wide receivers in the game. That's like one of those moments that like, you you just gotta be there, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I remember exactly where I was too, and I'm sitting there watching it with my family. Mm-hmm. And we, like all of our jaws are just dropped. Like, it was insane. We, we, we were celebrating my cousin's graduation. Mm-hmm. And I see, you know, Stephon Diggs in the air, Marcus Williams on the ground, <laughs> and the whole restaurant is screaming. Bro, that was like, that's probably my, I think that's more iconic to me, honestly, than the Odell Beckham catch. Yeah, Cause easy. Because that play was just crazy, especially because it was a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And it was the game on the line. Like, it's just insane. And I remember that specifically, not because of that moment. I just remember that because the week after, Philadelphia, you know, went over to uh, <laughs> Steamroll Them Boys <laughs> on our way to the chip. But um, number five, um, I have I have a two people here cause, just because you can go up. And I'll say my first one because it might be cheating a little bit, but I have Travis Kelsey since he's not really a receiver. But, you know, he's really a receiver playing tight end because that boy um, gets loose in the open field, pause. But, you know, he get him up in the open field. You know, you see you know his iconic dance moves. He's getting more talk. He can talk about more right now because he's dating Taylor Swift and him as a tight end in the league, which is crazy. You know, Swifties are going crazy. People Swifties are saying that Taylor Swift hit, made him, which is insane. But, you know, Travis Kelsey is for real. I feel like, like if you say that, then, like, like, there's no way you're not kidding. <laughs> you just don't know ball at all. <laughs> Because Travis Kelsey has been the best wide, um, not receiver, best tight end in the league for the past few years, and he's arguably the best tight end in the league um, in NFL history. And you can make an argument for that. But Travis Kelsey has 583 yards on 54 receptions and four touchdowns. And without Kelsey, you know that offense just isn't clicking. You know you need Mahomes and Kelsey. You need that duo. Without one or the other, that offense isn't doing and like is not achieving the chain achieving the same greatness. As they can be. You saw that in week one when um, Travis Kelsey wasn't there and they lost to Detroit. You saw that last week. Patrick Mahomes was in 100%. So um, um, you couldn't get that full duo. So you need that whole duo to make that Kansas City team really great on offense. Yeah. You'll always need both of them 100%. (laughs) Excuse me. And then um, another one I have to say, I can't leave him out of my top five, even though he is hurt right now. I have Jay Jettis, right? In five games, he had 571 yards on 36 receptions and three touchdowns. Like, that's almost more than Kelsey has in um, seven games in five games. And he didn't even play the whole fifth game. Like, Jay Jettis could be the best receiver in football right now. He was definitely, for the past two years, the best receiver in football. But this year, if it was if he wasn't injured, you know, he'd probably be up there in the one, two, or three spot. But, you know, he is injured, so we have to take that in accountability about who's playing right now. So I, I have to have him at five. You know, I could have been like someone like C.D. Lamb or someone up there in that fifth spot, but you can't count J.J. out ever, especially when he gets back. He's gonna he's gonna be a main piece to that team with Kirk Cousins out of the um, lineup, so he's gonna really need to help out that quarterback that they put in for him. Yeah, and to start off my list, it's kind of, we we, we kind of have similar people on our list, but I started off with Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got. The fastest receiver to a thousand yards, like you said, mm-hmm. but I feel like the main thing that separates the two is just the speed, man. And I know that's like cliche to say because everybody knows it, but I mean, just the way that Mike McDaniel is able to get him open and how Tool just drop it in the bucket for him, 
and there will be nobody around him at all. Like, it's crazy how these guys are professional athletes, mm-hmm. and Tyreek Hill has them looking like they're amateurs. You could double-team him, and he gets over the double-team somehow. Exactly. And it's it's just insane to watch. And, like, whenever I watch A.J. Brown, it's just like they, they play two different styles mm-hmm. of receiver. But I, I feel like Tyreek Hills is just – it's more mesmerizing in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And second, I have A.J. Brown. I have your boy. And just broke the – just broke Calvin Johnson's record for the most games with, what, 125 yards? Yeah, over 125 yards, yeah. Yeah. So it just broke that record, and that that stood for a long time, guys. Like, that, that that's, not, that's not something to just brush off. And you, you got to – Got to thank Jalen Hurts to that, too. He keeps getting him the ball, and he always does something with it. So, and, and honestly, over these past few years since, what, 2019, A.J. Brown's been one of the most mesmerizing receivers mm-hmm. to even watch in the league. I mean, he's been a fan favorite since, especially since last year whenever he got traded to Philly. Because mm-hmm. he kind of, he started getting more recognition, of course. Of course, he had recognition in Tennessee because, mm-hmm. you know, they they ended up beating Tom Brady his last year in the his last year in New England, yeah. but I mean, it, it that was definitely a good year. I still remember whenever he was back in Tennessee, and they had played the Texans in like week fourteen or fifteen, and the Texans scored with around like thirty seconds left, and Ryan Tannehill and um, AJ Brown go out there. Ryan Tannehill tossed that boy a 50-yard bomb, and he catches it. Like, just, it's an easy moss. And just one of the greatest plays I've seen by him in general. But he's just one of the most strongest receivers, one of the best hands I've seen. Strong hands, too. I know y'all saw that. One-handed catch. Yeah. Last game, got both knees down. Crazy, man. But, yeah, and at third, I got Stephon Diggs. I mean, he has the second most touchdowns in the league right now. It's been like a quiet thing for him because mm-hmm. they've lost to teams like New England. But what what are they? Five and three? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, they're five and three right now. They they, they aren't necessarily seven and one like Philly. Mm-hmm. They aren't six and two like Kansas City and all these teams in the AFC. You got Jacksonville, Baltimore, all those teams, but mm-hmm. he's definitely had a really good year. He he's always consistent in what he does too. So I mean, it, it's always it's been a good year for him, and at fourth I have Jamar Chase. He's always open, and ever since week two he's just been on a tear. Ever since he said that he's always open, mm-hmm. and he I'm pretty sure he's only had two games under a hundred yards since then, and even under a hundred yards I'm pretty sure it's been like seventy, eighty. Mm-hmm. So just one of the best guys in the NFL, and the Bengals are definitely on the come up because the way that they've been playing, especially in Santa Clara last night, it it's been they've been a force to be reckoned with. Now five, it was kind of a mix up for me because I, I was thinking either current or keep guys like Jettas mm-hmm. who are injured on this list, but I'm gonna go ahead and put C D Lamb on this list, and e- e- even with C D Lamb, I feel like it's just a target thing. I know on this pod we were talking about not too long ago, is Dak Prescott the answer? I think if he's able to get CD the ball the most he can, CD could really save this man this year, mm-hmm. at least. Well, for sure. So if if he can if CD Lamb is able to 
protect Dak this year because the more CD's targeted, the more he's producing. Mm-hmm. So because CD's not the type of guy to drop the ball much, bro. He won't yeah. drop it unless it's overthrown, like seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and I know it sounds crazy to say that, but I honestly don't think I've seen him like actually have a bad drop in the NFL. I think he had a couple his rookie year, but you know it was still his rookie year, so yeah. he's still getting the um, used to the game. But yeah, he's definitely one. Of, that's why I had him at like my number six. You know, I we could have put him on my top five, but um, you know he is a great wide receiver, and I don't want to take anything away from that. You know, um, let's go ahead and talk about this. You know, the 49ers have been on a th- are on a three game losing streak right now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, ever since um, CMC. CMC's been in the lineup, but he got hurt, you know, obviously a couple weeks ago. Debo Samuel has been out. Um, Trent Williams has been out. You know, do you think that, you know, um, 49ers are quote-unquote, you know, frauds? Or do you think um, Brock Purdy is getting exposed as a quarterback or is his weaknesses just getting um, heightened now that, you know, he doesn't have all the weapons surrounding him? I don't necessarily think it's Brock Purdy getting exposed, but it's kind of the same thing. That it, it happens with the quarterbacks. I mean, you see last year he ended up – what week did he come in last year? Like week nine or something like that. He came in at the he end of the late. year. Yeah, he came in late. Went 6-0 and oh at the end of the year. But you don't have film on guys like that. Mm-hmm. So whenever you start getting used to people like that, and they even got a new coach in Steve Wilkes this year, even though he might lose his play calling duty. Mm-hmm. So, But, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily think – it's anyone's fault. I just think people are getting more of the feel for Brock Purdy. I'm not going to say that he's not making mistakes because every quarterback makes mistakes. I mean, whenever the 49ers are down, whenever it, it's either whenever they're tied or down going into halftime, Brock Purdy has two touchdowns and seven interceptions mm-hmm. in the second half. So, I mean, of course that's a quarterback problem. But you go up against the best guys in the league. You go You go up against Joe Burrow. You got to answer that call, yeah. you know, because Joe Burrow is definitely gonna he's gonna come with his best. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to answer that call and you're not throwing three picks in the second half mm-hmm. at home, then it's just got to be you just got to play better. It's pretty. I mean, I know the three game losing streak. I won't say mainly, but it has to do with Trent Williams missing and Debo Samuel missing. And those are key pieces inside this offense, but you still got some dogs out on the field. You got CMC, you got Ayuk, you got Kittle, just some dogs out, just some dogs out there. And I know I talked about. I don't think that the 49ers should lose faith in Purdy. Like you asked me not too long ago, do I think that he's the MVP candidate? Maybe mm-hmm. not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not anymore. But at the time, yeah, which is why I don't think they should lose faith in him. But just get him ready week by week. And I know he just got put in protocol for a concussion. But he just has the centerpieces around him to succeed. So Yeah, um, I totally agree with what you said. You know, I think Brock Purdy, like, definitely not an MVP candidate anymore. You know what I'm saying? He was having that hot streak, so we had to put him in the conversation. But, um, yeah, I don't think he's really getting exposed. And I don't think that the 49ers are necessarily frauds. But, you know, they are in a bit of a slump right now. Defensively, they're getting um, – their weaknesses are getting exploited. You know, when their defense is was normally giving up, like, 15 points a game, that's when Brock Pretty really shined because he didn't have to – he didn't really have to put up 30 points a game or, you know, and whatnot, but, you know, yeah. he was. 
Um, but, you know, they still have one of the best defenses in the league in um, San Francisco. And they still have one of the best constructed teams in the NFL. So CMC is still the most versatile running back currently in the league. And he still has his case for Offensive Player of the Year. You know, he has a one of the longest streaks um, in NFL history with um, consecutive touchdowns. What is he, like on game 17 or 17. something? 17. That's a whole season. Like, that's insane, man. Um, Brock Purdy right now, he's just proving that, you know, he's not elite, which um, we a lot of people were saying. But it doesn't make him a bad quarterback just because he's not elite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think he's had um, a good game. Like this, this last game, he had a pretty good game. Aside from the turnovers in the crucial moments when you know you need to come back, um, so that's really what hindered him. Turnovers in the crucial moments, like we said before, when we were talking about him as MVP, we wanted to see what he would do when he doesn't have the lead. You know, because every game before that, they always had the lead early, so we didn't really have to worry about you know playing from behind. So now that we've seen him play from behind multiple times and kind of struggle to keep that same success of while he's behind trying to push the ball downfield. The pressure is getting to him a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? But I think this little stretch that they've been on, you know, falling um, three games in a row, you know, going behind Seattle, I think that this is a good thing for the 49ers and Brock Purdy in the long run because, you know, it kind of brings him back down to earth, right? Mm. You know, his head's not as high as it used to be, and which is what you kind of need, you know what I'm saying? Every quarterback needs that chip on their shoulder so they can continue to improve to want to improve. If, you, if everyone thinks that, you know, you are the best at what you're doing at all times and you don't think you need to improve at what you're doing, you're going to get complacent and the people are going to adjust to what you're doing and then you're no longer the best and you're just staying the same. Mm-hmm. And that's not how um, good athletes work, you know what I'm saying? You need to get better. And I think now Brock Purdy's like, all right, now I know where I need to step up in my game and how I need to step my game up to make this team as be- the best it can be. You know, Brock Purdy's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow type of player in the league. But, you know, if he stays consistent and he um, improves at what he needs to improve at, he's really looking at having a good Kirk Cousins type of career, you know what I'm saying? Even though, you know, people give Kirk Cousins a lot of slack, me included, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't, Kirk you, you know, Kirk isn't the greatest quarterback of all time, obviously. But... Kirk Cousins is still a really good quarterback at the end of the day, and he'll get the job done when he needs to, you know what I'm saying? He probably won't win a Super Bowl as a starter, you know what I'm saying, Kirk Cousins. But um, Kirk Cousins will have those great games. He'll have those um, games with mean yards. He'll have those games where he can take over at the end of the game and put the ball where he needs to put it in order to win the game. And I think Brock Purdy um, can have a Super Bowl ring on his resume, especially with the team that he's on. Mm-hmm. But um, he needs to step up as a quarterback, you know, um, play more to his strengths because, you know, he has great timing with the ball. He has the ability to get the ball out before the receivers break out their routes to put it where they need, where the ball needs to be, where the receiver needs to be. But I think he needs to be better at, you know, um, over this last couple games, not letting the pressure get to him in late situations because, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure in those late situations. Yeah. You know, you can see people like Jalen Hurts or – Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow in those eight situations when they're down, you know, they're able to stay calm, poised, and controlled and um, um, maintain that success and get do what they need to do in order for the team to win, you know what I'm saying? You saw that with Zach Wilson, you know what I'm saying, last game. You know, they needed a field goal over time. Zach Wilson was able to push the ball down the field when he needs to hurry up and snap the ball, clock it or whatever he needed to do. Did you see what he said about that? No, I didn't see what he said. He was like, he said 24 seconds? 
That ain't no problem. Man, Zach like, Wilson. What? <laughs> this man is not him. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let him have that this week just because you know, he had a great game. But Zach Wilson, don't let me catch you saying some wrecking <laughs> stuff like that again. <laughs> but um, I think it's also a thing of, um, like I said with Zach Wilson, when you have time, when you're in the league for a while, you know, that some of that stuff will um, come with the come with the um, job, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have it in your first full season starting. So just give it a little time, and he'll be, you know, all good in the long run. All right, man, games of the week, you know. We always got our three games of the week on both sides. So do you want to go ahead and go first, or do you want me to go first? How do you want to do this week? Yeah, man, I'll go ahead and go first. Gotcha. So one of my big games for the week – I always put this team in one of my big games of the week, but I'm going to go ahead and go Seattle and Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Both of these teams, well, Baltimore 6 and 2, Seattle's 5 and 2. I'm pretty high on Seattle this year. They they've had, they've realistically only had one bad game and that mm-hmm. was to the Rams 30 to 13. Then they lo- ended up losing to the Bengals right whenever they got on their hot streak, mm-hmm. but they only ended up losing by 4 and held that team to 17 points. So I feel like that's going to be a pretty big game this Seattle week. Seattle also made that um, big trade today for Leonard Williams. Yeah, G- gave up a gave up a what's it called? I think it was a second, second and, a and a fifth. Yeah, yeah. So and, and they're gonna they're gonna be playing at Baltimore. So it'll be fun to see, and I'm just excited for it. Another game I have is one of my games of the week. I'm going to go ahead and put the Titans and the Steelers. I say that because Will Levis had himself a game, y'all. Four tuds in a, in his debut, you know, where he was supposed to be splitting snaps with Malik Willis, but then they're like, nah, let me let me keep this guy in. This guy's cooking. Yeah, but I mean, and even this past week, I thought it would be an easy win for the Falcons, knowing mm-hmm. that they would probably split reps. Will Levis didn't look that good in the preseason, but I mean... Just them missing Tannehill, I thought it'd just be an easy win for him. But with Levis starting, he soared, man. Like, and it was crazy. And he went 19 for 29, 238 yards and four touchdowns. And gave DeAndre Hopkins the best game of the year so Mm -hmm. far. And with four catches, 138 yards, and three touchdowns, that's the Mm -hmm. most he's benefited all year from a quarterback. Yeah. So hopefully... If he can really do this again, hope, I mean, what, what if we end up seeing another Brock Purdy type guy and yeah. Will Levis? You That'd know be I mean? insane. <laughs> it would be insane, and that's why I'm excited for it. Another game I have, I, I'm not too high on really a lot of games this week. But, I mean, another game that should be interesting, I'll say, will definitely be the Vikings versus Falcons. And I only say that because, like, these teams are so mid. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know who's going to win, but I feel like it would also be a good game. And they're going to play in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll see how Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith uses Bijan. We'll see how well, – we'll see if Jordan Addison keeps his touchdown mm-hmm. streak going on. But I definitely think it will be a good game, Jordan Addison against that defense. I don't know how they'll play him, especially since Jettis isn't playing. So – We'll definitely see how that goes. I definitely see a Falcons win in that game just because I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. You know what I'm saying? They had that sixth-round quarterback playing at the end of the game um, this week against the um, Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was really struggling at that because, you know, he's a sixth-round quarterback. He's not Brock Purdy. You know, he's not the one in the million chance you get a late-round quarterback, another yeah. Tom Brady or anything like that. 
So um, I'm definitely curious to see what that quarterback situation is going to be like. I wonder if they're going to go sign a quarterback real quick to um, hopefully, you know, try to win these last couple games or they're just going to go straight up tank for the rest of the season. So I'm kind of curious to see how they're going to, what they're going to do without Kirk in the lineup for the rest of the year. But yeah, um, my first game of the week, I want to keep one to the end because you already know what game that's going to be. But um, the first game of the week, that's going to be the Dolphins versus the Chiefs. I'm curious to see how the Chiefs bounce back after, you know, um, an embarrassing, I'll say embarrassing loss to the Broncos, you know what I'm saying, who aren't having a great year. Mm. But um, Patrick Mahomes should be 100% next week. You know, he is dealing with the flu right now. So I, I believe by this time Sunday he'll be, you know, 100%, if not 100%, real close to 100%. And I'm curious to see how that's going to work, how that game's going to be with those two, you know, incredible offenses, um, Patrick Mahomes going against that Dolphins defense who just really stepped up their game. You saw Jalen Ramsey come back, almost had a pick six. Mike McDaniels was upset because, you know, he thought he was going to get a pick six that game, not a pick field goal. You know, Mike McDaniels, um, um, un, un, like, I don't know, I don't even know the word, but he's just one of the funniest coaches in the league, you know, not on purpose. So unintentionally, that was what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and then that Miami's Dolphins offense is going to go crazy. I'm curious to see how good they're going to go against that Kansas City defense, who has been playing really well this year. And I want to see what Tyreek Hill does against his former team. You know, Tyreek Hill, you know, might you know he didn't get paid enough when they didn't get the offer he wanted from the Chiefs. But you know, he still has a lot of love for that offense. He still has a lot of love for that uh, for Patrick Mahomes. You know, his former quarterback. So I'm curious to see how that game is. I'm I'm excited to see their reunion after the end of the game when they do the jersey swaps and whatnot. You know, they go meet up. So I'm excited to see that. Um, other thing I want to say is the Bills and Bengals. You already know Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, two great quarterbacks. Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, two great wide receivers. Leonard Fournette is signed with the Bills. You know, not what he used to be. But, you know, I still think he had really great years in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, even though he's not the same running back he was his early year in Jacksonville. So I'm curious to see um, what they do with J.F. James Cook going against Joe Mixon. So I just think, you know, their offenses are going to really, really compete. I really expect uh, a really good offensive game in this one, even though they both have really great defenses. I just think the offense is going to really take over for, like, those first two games that I had mentioned. And this last game should, I don't know what is going to um, happen here with Dallas versus Philly, you know. One of the best rivalries in the game of football um, at Philadelphia. So Michael Parsons is saying, take over the link to Dallas fans. Like, y'all aren't Philly fans. Y'all aren't taking over the link. Bro, there's going to be so many fights, bro. I'm not. There's going to be 100% a lot of fights. <laughs> we're we're, we're going we're gonna to look at Twitter after the game, and there's just going to be, like, 20 videos yeah. of fights. <laughs> but... Um, I wish it was a primetime game because I have work that day. So hopefully I can get out in time to see at least um, the second half of the game. But um, I'm definitely excited to see how this game will be because we they both have really um, strong offenses and they both have really strong defenses. So I'm curious if it's going to be an offensive game or if it's going to be a real defensive heavy game because I don't expect a blowout either way, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. Dallas, you know, you have C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard. And um, yeah, Brandon Cooks and guys like that on the offense. So I, don't, I expect them to score. And then, um, but I also expect AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre, um, DeAndre Swift, and Jalen Harris. I expect them boys to go score. So I'm curious to see if the if the defense steps up their game and it's going to be a real de- defensive battle. You know, um, I wonder who's going to be guarding CD Lamb. Is going to be James Bradbury? Is going to be 
Darius Slay? Is it going to be? Is it be in the slot? Is he going to be Eli Ricks? Is it Bradley Roby going to be back? Is it going to be um, Kevin Byard? You know, I don't know who's going to guard him. So I'm curious to see how all the matchups work um, like that. So that's my real, real, real game of the week. You know what I'm saying? But I'm excited for all three of these games. Yeah. They're all going to be great games. Most definitely. And just speaking on that Cowboys and Philly game, I mean, I feel like the way to beat Dallas is just you You got to get going on offense early. Mm-hmm. And that's the main reason how you get them. Because whenever – if you don't get – if you don't get going on offense early, their defense is already going. You could mm-hmm. even – See it this past week against the Rams. Yeah. They they had three sacks in the first four plays. Mm-hmm. So whenever you do that, it already looks like it's over. You're putting the ball, and if it wasn't and if it wasn't for the penalty coming back, it would have been four sacks in the first four plays, and that's insane. So I mean, just the way to go at them. I know what the Cardinals did. They ran at Micah all game, mm-hmm. but I mean they they adjusted. Obviously, it doesn't work as much like that anymore. Yeah. Also, got to limit the turnovers. You know, Philly has had a turnover problem this mm-hmm. whole season, so um, you don't want to give Dallas de- the Dallas defense, especially the turnovers, because you know they're gonna go score those turnovers. So we need to really focus on limiting limiting those turnovers. Yeah, most definitely, and they they still got some guys in the offensive line out. Tony Pollard didn't have the best of games last week. Twelve mm-hmm. attempts, fifty three yards. But, I mean, the, the Cowboys just had a good game in general. And whenever their defense has a good game, mm-hmm. it's a good day for Cowboys fans. So yep. we'll, we'll definitely see. Let's go ahead and get into our top five teams. I'm going to let you go first. Let's start five to one. So my first team I'm going to put at number five, I have the Seattle Seahawks. And I know I was talking about them earlier. I'm high on them. Only bad game they've had was against the Rams. But other than that, they've looked – quite fantastic throughout these weeks losing to the Bengals okay cool but they've been able to beat good teams they've beat maybe teams who have honestly are going to make the playoffs this year and they're also just been playing solid in general and number four I have the Chiefs they went down quite a bit after mm-hmm. last week but I mean it happens whenever you lose to a team that's only what had two wins this year yeah so you gave them a third win yeah so losing to a team like that, I, I get that your starting quarterback isn't in the best position right now. I get that your star linebacker is on IR. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, stuff like that is going to bring you down. And then at third, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm pretty high on them, too. They've won five in a row. They're mm-hmm. six and two. They ended up just beating the Steelers at home. Steelers fans were sick about that. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was a whole ref problem again at the end of the mm-hmm. game. Even though they ended up losing by 10, it was a referee problem. At least that's what Deontay Johnson and George Pickens were trying to say. But, I mean, just winning five in a row isn't easy, especially whenever four of those wins came on the road. Yeah. So I got them at three. Number two, I got Baltimore. And just one of the best teams going around the league. They're definitely making their rounds around everything right now. So we, we'll definitely see a test with them this week against Seattle. They'll, they'll be playing at home, so maybe it won't be too crazy. And then at number one, I can't believe i got to give you your respect, Jay Reese. But I'm going to put the Philadelphia Eagles up there. <laughs> the, still the only team with only one loss in the league. They've came back. They, they've fought to the nail to be 7-1. and one. 
the team has prevailed in bad times. I mean, their only loss came to the Jets, and then the game was closer than it looked. And they would have really had a chance to be eight and zero if they just would have played the game, played the game better, and not make as many mistakes in the mm-hmm. turnover battle. But I mean, I, I can say that about I can say that about any team. But at the same time, it's just one of those things where the turnover battle turnover battle kills you. So yeah, I got Philly at one, and we'll we'll see we'll see how this changes up next week, depending on how these teams stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my list is pretty much um, the same, except the only thing, because I, I was torn between this team and the Seattle Seahawks for my number five position, but I ultimately chose the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I hate to give them their props, but um, they are a really great football team. That defense is for real, uh, um, even without Trayvon Diggs in that lineup. You know, Micah Parsons is a freaking animal, you know, um, and he really worries, worries me no matter who he's going to be on, no matter if it's going to be Lane Johnson or Jordan Malata, even though Jordan Malata is the highest rated um, offensive lineman in the league right now. You know, Michael Parsons is not one to mess with. So I'm really worried about that defense. That offense has come alive in the last couple games, you know, especially after losing to the 49ers in an embarrassing fashion. Yeah, I mean, you got Dak Prescott, 25 for 31. 305 yards and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So that usually yeah. don't see that from it. And we would always say the defense carries him. He definitely carried that yeah, defense. Dak heard us talking that trash and said, let me show y'all <laughs> boys what's up. So, um, yeah, that team is really scary. Number four, I have the Chiefs as well. You know, the Chiefs, um, even though they did lose to the Broncos, which you don't want to do, so they moved down from my number two spot. But – you know, they're still the Chiefs. I still think that when Patrick Mahomes is healthy again, he'll, they'll really shine. So um, the only way they'll move down is if they lose this week to the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm ex- I'm curious to see how they play against this team, another great team in the NFL. And this is a, this is really going to be a showing for both teams, you know, saying it's going to be the – if two of two them boys win, it's going to be the first win against a team that's over 500. And if um, Kansas City loses, you know, they have a lot of stuff to worry about, you know what I'm saying, because that game's after the trade deadline, so they're, you know, they can't make any moves, so they have to stick with what they have and figure out how they're going to succeed with the weapons that they currently have and the, and the situation they have without Nick Bolton still on IR. I think he's on IR for another couple weeks. Number three, I have Jacksonville Jaguars as well. You know, even though they have won a lot of their games really ugly, you know, they have won those games. So I had to put him at number three. You know, Trevor Lawrence is looking great, you know, in that offense. Calvin really had a really great game after, you know, um, you know, looking really dead on that offense for the last couple weeks. Travis Etienne looking great. That defense is looking really good. So um, I, there's not really much I can say about that team except, like, I wish their team games that they have won haven't been so ugly, you know what I'm saying? But you can't count a team out for just for lo- winning ugly games because at the end of the day they did win those games. Yeah. Number two, at the Baltimore Ravens, you know, Baltimore Ravens are just a great team. Lamar Jackson is an incredible quarterback in the league. You know, like I said before, MVP candidate. Was it Gus Edwards had three touchdowns on the ground? Gus Edwards is like a super underrated running back. I don't know if I would put him in my top five or anything like that, but you know, people don't talk about him enough. He's a great running back in the league, and he deserves his props. Um, and this is all without Odell Beckham playing great at all this year. You know what I'm saying? Odell was seen frustrated on the sidelines at the end of the game last last um, week, even though they did win, right? Because, you know, Odell Beckham has a certain standard that he holds himself up to. You know, people expect a certain thing from Odell Beckham Jr. to go out there and, you know, perform to the highest 
um, quality that he can, mm-hmm. and he hasn't so far. So once Odell gets to start clicking with um, with what's, what's his name? I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Zay Flowers with yeah. Zay Flowers. And then Mark Andrews, you know, them boys are really going to be moving, especially with that ground attack that they have with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. You know, if they get that air attack really going with Odell activating himself, you know, I think that um, offense is really going to take itself to another level. And number one, I had had him at number one last week. They're number one again this week. You had him at number one, two. You already know who I have. I have them boys, them dogs, them Philadelphia Eagles, baby. (laughs) You know, um, no matter what, you know, even though we did start off a little ugly this week, we still ended up scoring like 40 points. And all I have to Jalen Hurts had um, his best game of the season, I think. You know, he had, what was it, let me think, he had four tutties, you know, two to AJ. He had one to um, Devontae Smith wide open in the back of the end zone. And he had one to Julio in a con- who got a contested catch. You know, Julio went up there, showed him, yeah, he still has some left in the tank, baby. You know, um, I, the only thing I really wish that we um, get going a little bit more is that offensive that offensive rushing attack. Because, you know, we had that really good rushing game, those two rushing games that were really great, week two and week three. And then we kind of shied off from the rushing attack. Like I said earlier, in the first half, we only had three rushing attempts with the running backs, one for DeAndre Swift and two for Kenny Gainwell, mm-hmm. who fumbled one of those um, rushing attempts. So... I definitely want to see um, DeAndre Swift get um, get a little bit more touches in that offense because I think if you give him the touches in the offense behind that offensive line, behind Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and all that, and Cam Jurgens is expected to come back soon off of IR, and Landon Dickerson is um, looking great as well this season, I think that DeAndre Swift could really you know cement himself as a top five league in the back. Like LaShawn McCoy said, the only running back in Philadelphia over the last couple years that could take that number 25 for, from him. And they'll like give them their blessing, you know what I'm saying? So I really think that our offense is looking really great. Our defense had a bad game last week. I'll say that. But you know, that's the first really bad game all season, aside from the other Washington game. Which is, you know, what I like I said, it's a divisional game, so it's gonna play be played a little bit different. So, um that defense is legit though, you know. We just got Kevin Byard who even he held himself accountable, said even though I just got traded here Tuesday, I need to have a be better, I need to have a better game. So um, going forward, I think that, you know, once they get all used to each other, we get some of those pieces back on um, defense. Jalen Carter went out this game with an injury, with a back injury. So hopefully he comes back healthy in the next couple weeks. Um, hopefully he's ready for the Cowboys. If not, I'm not tripping. I want, most importantly, I want him to get healthy. But, um, you know, we have Slay. We have Bradbury. We have um, Reed Blankenship is looking like a pretty solid safety aside, from, um, especially except for last game. Last game he did struggle. But he's had, you know, um, what they call him? They call him. Um, they I don't ca- even know what they call. They call. Him. I think they call him the Milkman, bro. That's insane. That's a crazy nickname. <clears throat> but um, we have Eli Ricks, who is looking like really good in that slot position, even though we're not giving him enough um, snaps. You know what I'm saying? I think if we give him enough snaps, give let him develop a little bit more, he'll be a really good, you know, um, defensive back for that slot position. Or it's crazy about Eli Ricks because I've been watching him since he was at modern day in high school. Mm-hmm. That's insane to think about. And then he went undrafted and then, you know, signed with the Philadelphia Him Eagles. going undrafted was crazy. But, um, yeah, that's going to wrap up my list. I think, you know, we had really everything was the exact same except for the Cowboys. You know, if this was um, the Cowboys and Seahawks, so if this was like Stephen A's A-list, mm-hmm. you know, all everybody around America would be in this as an A. 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Except for except for Stephen A haters who wouldn't give him anything, you know. Yeah. But I mean, the the more weeks we get into the season, mm-hmm. the better the teams get, the more they'll stay on that top five list. Yeah. So that's gonna go ahead and wrap up our pod for today. If you tuned in, I wanna say thank you. If you were if you've been here every week, I wanna say thank you too. If this is your first time, we hope you enjoyed it. And would you like to say anything before we go? Yeah, just tune in on Friday, guys. Um, I'm not sure exactly what we'll be talking about, but just know it's going to be a very interesting episode one way or the other. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you all later. We appreciate you guys.